0: being in control of your own life and your own finances, <laughs> people who want that, and you know, th- then this is very, very attractive. I mean, where there is a difficulty is how to marry uh, the concept of national sovereignty, given the way, way we'd be managing our economies, how you marry national sovereignty with this, and that's a much more difficult, taxing and troubling question. Now, of course, one of the answers is, we live in a global economy anyway. Um, and there's still a huge amount government can do in terms of law, regulation, trade deals, and all the rest of it. Um, but, you know, one of the keys for government has been effectively to control the levers, you know, over your own financial system. Um, and this is this is going to make that much, much more difficult. And I think you know, that's why this is a revolution. Uh, that's why government's so scared of it. That's why central banks are so scared of it. But as I go back to my original point.
1: Hello and welcome to the Fortune and Freedom podcast, where Nigel Farage and Nikolai Hubble give you a unique take on what's really going on in the world of finance, investing and politics. We hope you sit back and enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to This Week interview with Nigel Farage. Nigel, usually we look at the story of the week, you know why it matters to you, why it's important and what's behind that story. But this week... I wanted to do something different. I want to look at the story that is not in the news. And that's the story of Bitcoin, which is why we've invited Sam Bolkering on. Sam, I'm sorry to put you on the spot here because you've just come back from paternity leave. But can you update us on Bitcoin over the last few months?
2: (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, where to, where to start? Uh, should we start with the El Salvador accepting it as legal tender, uh, putting it on par with the United States dollar? Uh, we, could, we could talk about um, the UK um, putting restrictions on Binance markets for regulated activity in the UK, the EU coming out saying they want to uh, pull it into their anti-money laundering and counter-terrorism uh, regulations, so they're gonna ban uh, anonymous wallets. Um, I mean, where, where do you where do you start with when it comes to Bitcoin? Um, ultimately, most people come back to something like price. Uh, the value of it in fiat currency has uh, has fallen significantly from from its highs uh, earlier this year, about fifty percent. Um, and yet, then yesterday, uh, Jack Dorsey, uh, founder and, and, and CEO of Twitter and Square, uh, was on a uh, conference call with Elon Musk and Kathy Wood from Ark Investments. Uh, talking about Bitcoin uh, and the future of Bitcoin and how they're integrating it into their respective organizations. Um, I mean, (laughs) everything, put it this way, Nick, the development of this space and the expansion of of Bitcoin and the wider crypto universe is accelerating at a speed that I've never seen in over a decade. Um, Most people get caught up in the mainstream media negativity. Um, They they want to latch on to, things about the the, um, energy inefficiency of Bitcoin or they want to talk about the EU or the FCA with their issues with Binance. Uh, But the reality is that is just smokescreen. That is uh, just a facade that the media use to get clicks and views on their channels. Uh, The reality is is that the forward momentum of of this space is happening at such speed uh, and, and, and Bitcoin being a central part of that that for me, there is only one direction this is all heading, and that is forwards and upwards.
1: Nigel, usually when Bitcoin halves in price, the media jump on the bandwagon and start lambasting it, saying it's at the end of the bubble and the whole thing's gone bust. But this time I've noticed that hasn't happened. There hasn't been the same sort of criticism as the Bitcoin price has corrected. Why do you think that is?
0: You're absolutely right, because the last time we saw a major dip, we talk bitcoin but there's more than bitcoin out there there's ethereum and many other um cryptocurrencies and i know sam thinks other, there are others than bitcoin that are that are actually rather well set up um, and structured um, they all caught a cold didn't they because the last time it was a, it had a big dip they all said the end is nigh it's all over it was all a bubble it was like the tulips it was you know um and what you saw on the way back up uh, interestingly were long-term institutional investors getting involved, um, a much broader acceptance, you know, of crypto as a means of exchange, um, and, and a lot more credibility. And I think the point that Sam makes, which is quite which is quite, quite vital to this conversation, I mean, look, if you're a short-term punter, then go long or short a Bitcoin for the next three weeks. I haven't got a clue. You know, spin a coin. I mean, you might have well just just put on a horse at Newmarket this afternoon, but if we're thinking in longer term, there is no doubt there is a broader acceptance and credibility uh, for these cryptocurrencies, a much wider usage. Uh, you know, they're becoming they're becoming a pretty respectable mainstream investment and means of exchange, and so there's no doubt that's happened on a big scale. So I think that for the uh, you know the press once again to say it's all over they've made their mistake once they're not going to make it again so they'd rather just say nothing and actually if you scan the financial pages uh, the commentary on the falling price it, it, you know it's 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 not even on the front page generally so 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 there isn't much noise around that now, look, I, mean, I you know i am a I, I am a subscriber to much of what sam uh, talks about and, and and we did talk to this audience last december uh, you know we had a long conversation last december and i recommended sam's book I mean, the one big danger to all of this is massive scale government intervention. That is the one big danger, and I think we've all got to be realistic about that. But we also have to say that for government in the West effectively to regulate this, that actually means the internet would no longer be free. And the implications of that, given how we now live our lives in the 21st century, are even bigger than the whole argument about crypto and where it's going. Uh, And so I met, I was in America, um, as you know, for for a couple of months earlier this year, and I met a lot of very, very big players, uh, you know, very, very big players. And, you know, even those that felt that the Fed just would not put up with this ultimately, it couldn't quite answer that question. Well, how do you take away internet freedom? So I I, I think the the balance of probabilities is that governments will not be able to ban it. Uh, They may make it more difficult. They may, you know, anonymity of wallets. I I mean, these are areas where I think we will see regulation. Um, And I'd be interested to get Sam's view on this. But I kind of, you know, although I tend more towards laissez-faire than state socialism, um, I do actually think that a degree of regulation in markets can make them better and safer. So we might actually find that some of the measures being put in place actually do make sense. Uh, So for me, the balance of probabilities is that in terms of where we go over the next year, two years, five years, uh, I still think there's a much greater risk of inflation, perhaps even stagflation going on within our economies uh, and increasing loss of confidence in the way that governments and central banks have managed the crisis, and frankly, just lied to us all the way through about what they're doing. Uh, and if we do start to see inflation eating in to people's savings uh, in the way we did back in the seventies, and even actually through into the early eighties, uh, that's when I think that's when I think the retail sector will go for cryptocurrency, and possibly in a very big way. So, I'm. Uh, it's a long answer to your question, but basically. I still think these are sound long-term investments.
1: Sam, I'm sure you agree with most of that. Is there any part that you disagree with?
2: Um, no, not really. I mean, the people talk about this space being unregulated and it's unregulated from a legacy traditional financial standpoint. You know, the, the FCA or the SEC or ASIC, or whatever your regulatory body is in your jurisdiction, they don't have regulatory controls over this stuff. But that's not to say that the... the the crypto economy and the wider crypto ecosystem itself isn't regulated, it's self-regulated. And so you find a lot of exchanges are already, they've already anticipated all this coming from, you know, these regulatory bodies. So they've, you know, most of them do still now already require, you know, your name and your address. And they they do steps towards verification to ensure that you're not going to, participate in money laundering or, you know, terrorism financing because they are still striving to be legitimate businesses. People, I think, still have this weird misconception that that cryptocurrency use is like the Silk Road was back in, you know, 2011 when it was just for drugs and guns and, you know, illegal and illicit substances and things like that. So, We've moved on from that conversation so dramatically that it's not. I mean, people still bring up this, oh, Bitcoin's only used for 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 terrorism financing and money laundering. It's just such a such a crock of BS that it just displays a, a fundamental lack of understanding about the wider ecosystem and the development going on. I referenced it when we when we kicked this off about El Salvador looking to accept well, not looking to they put into law that Bitcoin is a legal tender. Yeah. You know. Th- that puts it on par with the US dollar. I mean, th- th- that's a legitimization of Bitcoin as money, um, which many of us have already known for, for a long time anyway. Now, obviously you know, El Salvador, I'm sure have got their own political problems and whatever that's not the point the point is is that while countries like china are going to kick out all their mining operations they want to ban it they want to stop it and i can see why they want to do that because they want the chinese you know central bank digital currency the e1 or whatever they've called it they want that to be their command and control measure for their population they want to be able to surveil and to track everything and everyone within their country. So they're gonna do these things. The US is gonna follow suit. They're gonna introduce a central bank digital currency. Again, the primary purpose of it is to eliminate the black economy and to command and control where money goes and how it's used. Utter monetary surveillance. That's my take on it. And I believe that, you know, that's the reason they're doing it. But then you've got countries, as I say, in South America, you'll find there'll be countries in Africa and parts of Asia that see this as an opportunity to break the shackles of financial control from major Western economies like the United States and the United Kingdom and the European Union. And so you'll have this kind of, you know, state competition around money and what is or what isn't accepted as money. And a lot of these places are experiencing inflation, double digit inflation already. Um, and so they're looking to use something like Bitcoin as a way to stem that uh, broken system that they they are just inevitably latched to. Um, and so I think that we are seeing we're seeing states, we're seeing governments look at this from different perspectives. Some are looking at it as a threat to their power base. Some are seeing it as an economic opportunity to lift the living standards of their population. And that's gonna play out over a number of years as to how that plays. But for, for other people, you know, it's, it's empowerment. You know, ultimately, when we're talking about why this is happening and the explosion of it and where it's going, we're talking about a power struggle between legacy financial institutions and systems uh, and a new, decentralized, uh, quite libertarian viewed uh, financial system, which crypto and Bitcoin is. Um, and that power struggle is not gonna go away. There will be issues with it. There will be successes, there will be failures. Um, but ultimately, I believe we are looking at a complete change of how we look at money, how we transact and interact with each other, because money is just a network, really. Um, and, and it's going to empower a lot more people and give people a lot more access long-term uh, to financial prosperity.
1: Nigel, are you seeing the same parallels that I am with the, the Brexit struggle and the pound versus joining the euro and the ERM? All of that is, is very similar with the sovereignty argument, the idea that you should govern yourself or your own country. Bitcoin and, and the other cryptocurrencies are the same sort of idea, but on an individual sovereignty level. Yes.
0: Yes. I mean, I mean, of course, you know. Being in control of your own life and your own finances, <laughs> people who want that, and you know, th- then this is very, very attractive. I mean, where there is a difficulty is how to marry uh, the concept of national sovereignty, given the way, given the way we'd be managing our economies, how you marry national sovereignty with this, and that's a much more difficult, taxing and troubling question. Now, of course, one of the answers is we live in a global economy anyway. Um, and there's still a huge amount government can do in terms of law regulation trade deals and all the rest of it um, but you know one of the keys for government has been effectively to control the levers you know over your own financial system um, and this is this is going to make that much much more difficult and i think you know that's why this is a revolution uh, that's why government's so scared of it that's why central banks are so scared of it But as I go back to my original point, the only way way they can really kill it is to become like communist China or North Korea and take control of the internet. And that actually is something electorally that the population won't put up with. Whatever the reluctance of government, it's very difficult to see how they can stop this.
2: Nick, I just wanted to add, I think the other thing is as well, we do talk a lot about government and government intervention and how they view this. All of this so far to this point has been driven by people, by individuals, and now we're starting, it's like a, it's a reverse in, in how things usually happen, you know, from the from the government down is this has come from individuals from literally from one person or entity through to many. And now it's spreading into corporations and bigger organizations and, and, you know, the upper echelons of the of the wealth scale. And then finally, the government's the last part of this to switch on and start to figure it out. So I think that's a significant point about it all as well is that. That power shift, there's, people are already seizing that control and power by using these technologies, these financial networks and technologies to, to grow wealth, to exist outside of the legacy system. Um, and now we're just starting to see this transition phase as to how corporations can use it. And we're seeing a growing number of them adding something like Bitcoin to their balance sheets. Uh, and then we're going to start to see governments and soon enough, I believe, you know, well, obviously El Salvador is the, the prime example, but also we'll see more nation states start to add Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies uh, as part of their treasury and economic management as well. So they're, the, they're, the, they're late to the party and everyone else has still got an
1: opportunity to, I think, get on board this train. But Sam, it's all too risky for investors. They shouldn't be allowed to buy Bitcoin, should they? Yeah, so I sent you a great article uh, about when
2: Apple listed in 1980, December 12, 1980, Apple listed its stock at $22 a share and it was trading at about 90 times earnings. Uh, There's this great article from the Wall Street Journal at that very date uh, where uh, the the Boston regulators in Massachusetts said uh, that it was too risky for individual investors to invest in Apple uh, and so they banned it, they actually banned individual investors from investing in Apple on the day of its uh, public listing. Um, the, the, the firm boot of authoritarian control has existed in the legacy financial system for decades. This isn't anything new. We haven't really had the tools to break free of that. And they're trying to do that again. Crypto's too risky. Uh, you're gonna lose all your money. I think it was the the, uh, the governor of the Bank of England said that you should expect to lose all your money in crypto. And it's like, okay, if you're converting the prices of all these things into fiat money, yeah, there's volatility and there's risk when it's converted to fiat currency. But ultimately, if you exist and step outside of that legacy system, they can't stop you from from using and transacting with cryptocurrencies. Uh, this this is a this is a significant i hate to use the term because it's such a stupid term but it's a paradigm shift in in how we we use money and how we transact and interact with each other it's a peer-to-peer network it's not a me to the bank to the government to the bank to another intermediary to a middleman to somebody else this is me to you you to me and we can create commerce and we can create value uh, in, in order to do that. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> the, the the risk argument is there. If if all you're concerned about is short term, you know, trading in and out of fiat money, but fiat money is the one that's devaluing at a rapid rate here uh, with, through inflation. It's only going to get worse. Um, so. People use the term, I don't know if we can swear on here, so I'm not going to swear, but they use the term S-coin when they talk about a lot of um, different crypto. Well, the real S-coin in this situation is fiat money. Uh, And in my view, it's the cryptocurrencies that are going to have the longer term value here.
1: For the readers and listeners and viewers who think that they should be allowed to judge for themselves whether Bitcoin is too risky or not, Sam, you've got a briefing out about where the Bitcoin price is headed next and importantly, why? Why don't you give us, without giving too much away, the general idea in that briefing?
2: Yeah, look, ultimately, uh, we can't avoid the fact that we still talk about Bitcoin in fiat money prices, like, like pounds and like dollars and yen and whatever. Um, so ultimately, you know, there is a, there is a wealth story here. Um, my view is that long term, we won't, we won't convert back to that that currency at all. But nonetheless, people still wanna know what's the value of Bitcoin gonna be longer term. And there are a number of triggers and catalysts, I think, that are on the horizon. Some that are happening this year. I'm, I'm you know, There's no guarantee that it's gonna happen this year, but I'm, I'm pretty confident that there will be a decision this year. And we've, we've heard some of the bigger uh, Bitcoin uh, funds and organizations talk about how they're going to achieve this and their, their specific targets to achieve this. Um, but it's about opening up and unlocking that door uh, of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies to major financial institutions to make it easier for them to, to get involved, uh, to cut through the red tape, the bureaucracy, uh, and, and start to utilize and leverage Bitcoin in a way that bolsters their financial position and protects them as well. For all these reasons we're talking about, about inflation, about a government control, all these sorts of issues that we now face as a society, corporations also face that too. And a lot of them don't want to be under that authoritarian boot of the government and central bank control and so they're looking to cryptocurrencies to achieve that and there are a number of catalysts uh, this year some really big ones that i think are going to really shake that up and open that door for a lot of these these big uh legacy players
1: if you'd like to watch sam's briefing there will be a link below this video or popping up below my face depending on where you're watching the video Uh, and you can access that briefing there and find out where sam thinks the bitcoin price is headed Let's give the last word to Nigel Farage, though. Nigel, it seems to me that the pandemic has made people realize just how little they should trust the, the combination of government and technology. And I wonder whether that's going to be a driver for the Bitcoin price, because I think it will make people realize that the alternative of, of government-run money and government-run apps and government-run technology is a really bad
0: idea. Well how many billions did the Blair government squander on a new NHS computer system? And the list goes on and on and on and now we have the pandemic with this mad app that can ping you through a three-foot wall. Yeah, government, innovation, technology, uh, the communists have been trying it, the Marxists have been trying it for over a hundred years and it always ends in complete and utter failure. And it is the profit motive and the free market uh, that actually finds the right solution so you know i mean frankly the idea that the bank of england is going to introduce some form of cryptocurrency i mean you know don't make me laugh um, so you know this may present short-term investment risks it does it may pre- it may give long-term investment risks but everything gives investment risks you have to take a view that's the point of it and and and, and to the kind of people that subscribe to us You know, we never tell them, you know, put the house on this stock or on this cryptocurrency. We're always saying to people be sensible in terms of the percentage that you allocate to anything. I would have thought if you agree with the overall thesis, Nick, that we are putting out there, that devaluation of currency, that inflation, it's happening already, then you should, I think, have a small percent, maybe a small modest percentage, but you
1: should be in this game somewhere. But don't do so without checking the risks first, which are of course also in Sam's presentation. Thanks very much for joining us.